Hey guys, Maria Menunos here. Before your favorite TV after show begins, we want to let you know about my new show on Sirius XM Stars Channel 109. It's called Conversations with Maria, and it's live Monday through Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern. Go to conversationswithmaria.com for more info. Buzz you later. You're tuning in to the online broadcast network, AfterBuzz TV. Over 20 million weekly downloads in over 150 countries, and your number one source for after show entertainment. <laughs> TV, the destination for TV superfans, producing aftershows for over 300 of your favorite TV shows, interviewing celebrities and showrunners, and bringing you behind-the-scenes exclusives. All thanks to E! Entertainment's Maria Menounos, producer Kevin Undergaro, and internet leader Akamai. Now, let the buzz begin! Yes. Let's just enjoy this for a while, guys. Oh, that's right, guys. We got daddy issues all over the place on Second Chance. So, of course, we had to come in with the classic Cast in the Cradle. I don't know if it's karaoke staple for you, but in my neck of the woods it is. Oh, we good? We here? I think my, my headphones went out. <laughs> but that's okay. We're here with episode three. There we are. I'm back. We're here with episode three of the official Second Chance After Show right here on AfterBuzz TV. And whoo, we got a lot to unpack, just like always. This show, you know, it's a show that's very, very plot heavy, very plot driven, and we got a lot to talk about. My name is Ty Matthews. You can find me on Twitter, on Instagram, at Ty Matthews PMA. Got to find my camera. Uh, find me on that. Remember, on iTunes, download, rate, review, subscribe, all that good stuff. If you like what we're doing, let us know. We want to hear from you, and we want to talk to you. And of course, as always, my very lovely, very talented co-host... Hey, I'm Jamie Banks, and you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at JamieBanks underscore. You are right. You can. Thank you. And I read every comment on YouTube and all your tweets, so I love to hear from you guys. Everyone. You are a brave girl reading YouTube comments. You are just... <laughs> yeah. I, all the positive ones. I like. <laughs> well, you know what? Let's start with the biggest part of... You know, we can turn Harry Chapin down a little bit. It's fine. As much as I enjoyed this song. Uh, let's talk about the ending of this episode right up top. The big, big moment that I don't think either of us saw is coming. Duval knows. Duval now knows. Mary told him that Jimmy is his father. What do we think about this? I feel like it came really early in the season to mm. already put that out there. Sure. I thought that that would come later. And I feel like that kind of takes away some of the suspense. Mm. But I think that there must be a lot coming throughout the season if they're going to put that information out there that early. Sure, yeah, definitely. I thought that – I don't I don't even necessarily think that I was expecting it to come in the finale. I thought maybe we were going to get a little bit of a tease of it in the finale. Maybe like, oh, he finds some piece of evidence that's irrefutable. But I mean right up top, episode three, he knows now. And I think I, – I get what you're saying. But maybe do we think that there's an aspect where maybe it even adds a little more suspense now? You know, how are they going to – how are they going to coexist? You know, how is – how is Duval going to wrap his head around these billionaire twins playing God with his own father? Yeah, that's know? a good point. And also, now that he knows this piece of information, he knows that Otto actually did something illegal or he's not sure the specifics. So would he want to turn them in or mm. like how is this going to play out? Sure. And I think, yeah, wherever Looking Glass is involved, we know there's a lot of illegal activity in, you know, in, in, in play. 
something right. like that. And of course, Duvall has has you know his problems with that, but I think he might be getting a little bit. Uh, he he might be you know being okay with that. He might be getting a little bit more like his old man in kind of being okay with you know playing loose with the rules. True, I think so. And also later in the episode. They say, oh, there's some information that we had t- obtained illegally. Are you okay with that? Mm. Um, and he is. So. Mm. Um, now, lots to talk about. Um, we, you know, we, we start off – one of my, my favorite things about, about this show so far is just the, the use of music and the use of, of editing and cinematography and things like that. And we start off very kind of serene, uh, you know, this, this beautiful music. And uh, and we see these protesters. You know they're going to go. They've got these these biohazard suits and these gas masks, and they chain themselves to this gate. And then the very last one, who's supposed to fall in line with the rest of them, just takes an axe to every single one of them. And it's interesting that you know this this show it strikes you as kind of a, just a normal um, cop drama, you know, an action procedural whatever. But we get a, it seems like a lot of almost straight up horror elements. Yeah, I felt like it was really gruesome, and mm. I was honestly a little shocked at that. <laughs> I just didn't see it coming, especially because it was such a peaceful montage mm. with um, Otto and Mary sharing the blood, and then it was like peaceful music, and mm. then boom, the axe murder. Yeah, definitely, and that's and yeah, you mentioned the the blood exchange between Jimmy and Mary, and it's the fact that I love that there's this awkwardness where they're just completely silent; they're they're not even speaking. You know, yeah. do we think that that Mary is kind of trying to to keep her her emotions in check? I think so, but as they mentioned, it was kind of an intimate experience. Mm-hmm. And um, when she says she needs a little breather and steps away, he's like, oh, did you feel the connection too? Right. So it was a little bit of a weird moment, uh-huh. but I think that it was like a personal moment that they were sharing. Sure, sure. And I think, yeah, I love that Jimmy has this love to kind of, you know, really make Mary squirm and say exactly the right things to make her completely uncomfortable. I think right. he's he's finally starting to settle into this new role as – as a much younger, a much stronger man. And so I think he's kind of having fun with it. Yeah, you know? he's very smug. Like he makes his comments with like <laughs> right. a big smile and he's like, hey. <laughs> <laughs> right. Exactly. Just like that. Just like Nailing that. Nailing it. Um, but I do love – I love that there's – you know, there there are highs and lows in each episode. We go from such a dark, gruesome scene like an, a freaking multiple axe uh, fueled homicide to like legitimately I th- this episode was really really funny and got a, a lot of legitimate laughs out of me I do love how how Rob Kaczynski plays this character of Jimmy Pritchard and he's very you know he's charming and he's affable and even though he has to sometimes do these dark things that he doesn't want to he's still just a, a likable guy yeah I think he's really charming he mm. definitely in some ways is the anti-hero but he overall is very likable and he does want to do the right thing so at the end of the day he's a likable character right 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 it's like I said last week guys he's just Batman Jimmy's Batman that's all I'm saying uh, also watching this this episode we saw a lot of commercials for Lucifer and I now I really something that I want to see is a crossover between Second Chance and Lucifer Fox execs if you're watching can we get Frankenstein and the devil to team up to solve crimes can we get that at least just for a one off just for like a special that event That sounds scary I don't think I'll tune into that one <laughs> Anything called Lucifer I'm a little bit timid of <laughs> Oh Jamie Oh man but so you know we see these 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 murders and these these protesters and things like that, um, and so uh, Mary and and Otto are kind of looking into it. Jimmy's looking into it. Jimmy has told 
Arthur to kind of flag these uh, these instances for him, you know, mm-hmm. these all of these cases that his his son is working on. Uh, I think it's partly, you know, out of a sense of justice, out of a sense of, you know, righting the wrongs. But he also he just wants to protect his son. He wants to kind of watch out for him and make sure, you know, I he's not in harm's way. I think he definitely wants to protect the people, but also be protecting the people with the help of his son. Mm. And I think he likes the father-son duo too. So I think that's why he had Arthur flag those. Sure, sure. Now, speaking of father-son dynamics, we see that, um, that, you know, Duke Davis, he's, He's this this kind of crooked um, politician that, that Jimmy knew through his throughout his previous life as the sheriff, and he's conveniently had this security footage deleted that they need to find out who perpetrated these these crimes, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting that that Jimmy can draw upon that experience and his you know decades of being the sheriff to to really find these these kind of crooked cops and these dirty characters in a really quick and efficient way. Yeah, well, I think he probably, when he was the sheriff, he probably had some people that he knew were bad but could never prove that they were. Exactly. So it probably just rang a bell with him and he's like, oh, I've dealt with this guy before. There's been issues with him before. He's probably involved somehow. Right, 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 right. And that's one of those things that kind of drove him to using not quite so legal methods to find who he needed to. You know, because he he couldn't always make it stick. And so so we see – Duval is, you know, he knows that he's found out that there's a familial match on those fingerprints from the glass that he took uh, from last week. And but, you know, he knows there's something else that he needs to know. There are other pieces of the puzzle that are missing. I think he can just tell that Jimmy is lying to him because Mm. he is an FBI. So I think he's trained. And so he kind of knows when something's up. And so something just seems very fishy to him. Right. And not only that, but he knows that looking glass is connected somehow. Right. You know, he he knows that they're they have some sort of of hand in this. Um. Now he, you know, he goes over and he interacts with Otto. And this is kind of the first time that we've seen Duval interact with Otto. You know, we've seen him interact with Mary, who's, who's very charming, who's very persuasive, who knows kind of the, the rules that, that Duval is playing by. But Otto, he's, he's very neurotic and he's very kind of, he doesn't have those interpersonal social skills. This is the first time we're also seeing Otto interact with someone other than Mary and Jimmy. Right, right. And he, it seems like he, goes to Arthur for advice a lot on what to do. And Arthur was like, with your, with your skills and intelligence, you're going to 60% chance going to be in trouble. So I think Arthur kind of foresaw that situation. Right. And yeah, it's interesting that, that Otto has sort of almost created this protector for him that he can very kind of clinically and very scientifically go in and find the chances of things going awry, you know, down to a 62% chance. Of, of him going to jail through, you know, either slipping up or, or Duval finding something, you know, and I think there's, you know, we see Duval kind of handling a lot of things and touching a lot of things. And I think he knows how much that bothers Otto and he knows that he can kind of prey on him in that way. Right. But what do you think he could have found just exploring the house like that? Like touching-wise. Not necessarily finding something, but he knows that he can make Otto so nervous and oh. so kind of um, on edge just by moving things out of their natural order that mm-hmm. I think he knows how to kind of exploit that as one of Otto's weaknesses. Yeah, I think Otto might have some sort of OCD as far as um, things being in order because right. I noticed in the first episode, this was a really small little thing, but he was eating Swedish fish candy and oh, he had them like all lined up in a row. Right. So this could be – 
part of his character too. Yeah, absolutely. And he is this sort of this sort of genius and this savant kind of that can you know he's he, it's not like Rain Man. He's you know, but he. He's had such a large hand in developing Looking Glass, but at the same time, he can he can barely talk to people. He doesn't even want Duval to sit down. Right. You know, I love that moment where yes. he says that you know we can sit down, but not in my chair, and they're all my chairs. <laughs> um, but not only that, but one of the things that that I I thought of watching this episode, and it's that it seems like Alexa, Mary's assistant, is is almost just as protective of her as Otto is. In a different way, mm-hmm. yeah. It was funny when she mentioned that line about the Venn diagram. It was like, "In which circle do you fall into? <laughs> Academic, um, right? I can't right, remember right, the right. others, but yeah, she's so she's so kind of overly protective, both both because Mary is you know just her closest confidant, but also because Mary's dying basically, and she doesn't really know about these treatments until Mary has to kind of finally sit her down and slow her down and go, "Look, this is what's happening." I wonder if Alexa kind of sees her as a mentor or mm. someone she really looks up to because Mary is very successful. Sure. And so maybe that's why she's also so protective of her. Right. Definitely. And I think that's another one of the reasons that that Mary decided to go along with this whole, I guess, kind of experiment, if you want to call it that, or, or bringing Jimmy back is because she knows that, you know, obviously she doesn't want to die, but – but she has all of these people that are looking up to her. She's got Otto and she's got Alexa that might, you know, to varying degrees be lost without her. That is an interesting mm. point too. Um, so, you know, they uh, they track down – Jimmy and uh, Mary track down, you know, where where Duke is kind of holed up because his people are telling him that he can't really go out into the public with all of this – uh, all these killings going on because those protesters were protesting uh, this guy Duke Davis's company, you know, the, this this kind of coal, this energy company, and so he's obviously a very specific or a very suspicious character. Rather, can't really you know go out in the public, can't really say anything on the record. But we do see that he's in there and he's sparring with his son, and he's he's being pretty aggressive with him, you know. And so and that's where we see more of these father son dynamics come into play. And when. Jimmy fights um, Duke and then wins mm. and the son says, oh, great job. Mm. You basically kicked his butt. Right. It was an interesting thing there because it was like, oh, did you want him to lose? Like what is that relationship there? Right. And yeah, you can tell that that Duke ha- has kind of a, a history of really beating on Asher. And as Asher says later on, that's kind of how how he feels big. You know, he kind of – just kind of asserts his dominance over his son, you know, in this in this kind of quote unquote sparring setting. And it's interesting seeing Jimmy almost get protective, you know, because I think he knows that he wasn't the best father. So when he sees other people kind of failing at being a father or kind of taking it for granted or even, you know, borderline abusing their their children, I think he gets overly protective, you know. That is interesting. Mm. I don't think Jimmy would have ever um, abused his children. So I think even though they did have a little rocky relationship, I think you're right. He, the father in him is like, this isn't right. Sure. Sure. Neglect. Yes. Abuse. No. Come on. That's too far. The sheriff would not do that. No. Um, but he get he does get, get very protective and he goes in and he decides, you know, almost in a moment of, you know what, why don't you pick on someone your own size? So he goes in there, starts spar- sparring with Duke and with his kind of superhuman uh, reflexes, he can keep him going for so long while Mary explores the rest of, of the house, basically. Mm-hmm. She finds the family crest. She finds this um, 
this this motto that says de tenebris phoebus this this latin phrase that's on their crest and they're trying to figure out back from the protest back from those axe murderers there are these letters carved into their foreheads and they're trying to figure out what those mean and so mary deduces from this latin phrase what those mean finally lets them go but what i loved is this moment where jimmy has duke kind of on the ropes literally mm-hmm. and he's got his fist raised and we still don't know if he punches someone full force what's going to happen true he could I be mean, paralyzed we don't, right, we don't exa- know exactly yeah. yeah he could have straight up murdered duke davis in that boxing ring and then where would we be you know? True. Good thing Mary jumped in and said, that's enough. <laughs> right. Well, and I think she kind of has a better idea than Jimmy does of the sort of strength that he has and the power that he has. Yeah, I don't think he knows his own strength yet. Right. And he also doesn't really know his limitations either. Right, right, right. That'd be interesting. He should do some experiments and kind of get to know his skills better and his strength. Sure. And we, I mean, we saw a montage last week of him lifting insane amount of weights. Um, you know, it reminds me, guys, if you've seen Unbreakable, uh, M. Night Shyamalan film starring Bruce Willis, as kind of he's he's this almost superhero type figure kind of pushing his limits and just lifting more and more weight just to see how strong he is. And I think even though Jimmy is technically 75 years old, it's like a kid with these powers and kind of, you know, uh, almost like a new toy kind of amusing himself with it, you know. Yeah. Do, do we think that we're going to see him kind of go too far at some point? Maybe at some point. But mm. remember with the bricks, he tried going too far and he wasn't successful. So sure. I think maybe there'll be an instance where he's not able to achieve. But I don't think he'll just like fall and die or something like that. I don't think <laughs> right. that's going to happen. Right. Someone may get seriously effed up and they might people might catch on to the fact that it wasn't exactly human whoever did it. Um and I love I love the tonal shift also in this scene from going from investigating an axe murder to almost this this really kind of innocent sort of flirtation going on between Mary and Jimmy. Yeah, you know? they're definitely flirting more mm. and there's definitely a chemistry there. And I don't know if she realizes it or not, but right. it's definitely apparent to the viewer. Yeah, I think she does and she's definitely, sh- you know, shook up. She's kind of yeah. worried about it. She's like that's, weirded out a little bit. Well, that's going to throw a whole new monkey wrench into into things if – I mean if and when it obviously, you know, ends up happening. Well, it's interesting because they kind of alluded to the fact that they could be kind of talking throughout mm-hmm. the whole episode because they, as an excuse, they're like, oh, we're dating and things right. like that. So it's kind of like putting it in our head if it wasn't already there. Yeah, and that is that is an instance of of the show kind of pulling the trigger on something a little bit sooner than I thought they would have. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously we see them pulling the trigger on Duval finding out about Jimmy at the end of this episode, but I also thought that they were going to draw out uh, kind of the tension between between Jimmy and Mary as well. I didn't think it would be quite so heavy. Well, so nothing early has on. happened yet. No, but there's that chemistry is pretty palpable already. True. Um, so I, I think I was I was expecting that to maybe come a little bit later. Um, but you know, they, they, they have this information, Jimmy and Duval meet up at Jimmy's own grave, which I thought was an interesting little, um, meeting place and sort of, you know, almost kind of symbolism. Yeah, that is a little bit weird. Right. Um, but one of the things that Duval found out from, from Otto is that the date that Jimmy showed up basically at Looking Glass, you know, on Mary and Otto's front door is the exact same day that. That Jimmy died. That and his father died. I was surprised died. that Otto actually gave away that information. Right. I know that he's socially awkward, but you would have thought that he would have like excluded that information, right? But I guess he just slipped 
flipped out or he didn't want to lie. Right. And I think, yeah, it's just that, like we said, that kind of pressure and that that sort of nervousness of uh, Duval kind of touching everything and, and being in his space where he doesn't want anyone that he doesn't trust. You know, I think when pressed, he'll kind of give up that information. And that's why Mary's, you know, the speaker of the two. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, yeah. you know, we see, we see the dynamic b- between the two and we see obviously Mary's much better yeah, with interpersonal connections. He even was like, Mary's the one that does the talking. Right. Just, just wait for her. So I think that's kind of his excuse always. Mm. If he wants to get out of a social situation, he's just like, wait for Mary, talk to her. Right. I'm going to go over here in the corner in my old bedroom. Right. Yeah, it's 1988 <laughs> bedroom. Oh, I love that part. I love that he has that sort of technology where he can go to different configurations of his room, you know. Um, but basically we find out that Asher, Duke's son, is kind of – a little bit more than just a troubled teen. You know, he's been setting fire to his dorm, uh, dorm, his residence halls. He's been putting people in comas and his dad has just kind of been behind him every step of the way, sort of cleaning up. And it's escalating. And I think right. one of the reasons why is because every time this happens, he gets away with it. Mm-hmm. So he's kind of like testing his own limits too. Yeah. And also it reminded me of affluenza, which I don't know if you've heard of oh, it, yeah, but definitely. like rich people sometimes don't know the consequences of their own act, mm-hmm. um, actions. Mm-hmm. And this has even been brought up in like courts and stuff. Right. So it kind of reminded me of that because it's like, he thinks he can get away with anything. That's absolutely right. That's a, that's a very, very good point. And I think that is sort of something that they're, that they're trying to touch on is that he is so rich and so powerful that he feels godlike. And you did mention, I love that point that you made that he's, he's kind of testing his limits just like Jimmy is. And we see a lot of interesting parallels between Jimmy and Asher, you know, and, and by extension, Duval and Duke. And one of the things that, that we were talking about a little before we went on air is that Do we think that there's almost this jealousy, you know, even though this has gone to such an extreme and to such kind of violent ends, do we think there's this jealousy where Duval kind of, kind of wishes that he had a father that would go to such great lengths like Uh, Asher has? Possibly because even though Asher is crazy and a bad guy, just seeing that his father would do that to help him Mm. is something that Jimmy never did for him. Mm. So I think there could be a slight jealousy there. Um, or at least he's, it's crossed his mind. Right, 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 right. And he even kind of tries to get in Duke's head and he tries to kind of rationalize in his own brain, you know, if, if Gracie got into, into almost as much trouble as Asher is, what would I do to help her? You know, would I go to these lengths to protect her? And I think, I think that if there's anything that Duval has inherited from Jimmy, it's, you know, kind of this, this this love for his family, even even if Jimmy didn't necessarily show it as much as he could have while he was alive, mm-hmm. um, he did really love them. Do, yeah, and definitely. On the other hand, when Duke is covering up these things that these awful things that his son is doing, he is saving himself too because he is in the public eye, right. and he thinks that this would cause embarrassment for his family. So on one hand, he's kind of covering it up to save himself too. True. Yeah, definitely. He does say that where he just. He wouldn't be able to handle the the publicity, you know, the bad publicity that his son basically being an axe murderer would bring onto the company. But you can tell that he does love his son though. Right. Because right. he could have he could have turned his son in and still gotten over the publicity. Like they could have figured out a way to spin it. Sure. Sure, sure. Um but we see, you know, that 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 motto that Mary found on the family crest, on the Davis family crest, 
translated, it means from darkness, the sun, which is an interesting play on words because it's, you know, from darkness, the sun, obviously, you know, the sun, but also S-O-N, Asher, you know, the literal sun. You know, what what does he think that this darkness is that his father represents? Maybe corruption. I don't know Mm. too much about the company that he has, but there are environmental protesters that don't like it. So there could be something like that. And also it's just a very morbid statement. Like it's a terrible family crest from darkness to sun. It's a very – yeah, definitely. We don't really see many family mottos that are that kind of ominous and that dark. Um, But we we also see that if – if Jimmy is becoming this sort of superhero type character, Asher is kind of the first to almost embody this like comic book villain type mm-hmm. of appearance. You know, we see him in front of the mirror and we see, you know, makeup on his face and we see him holding the samurai sword. Yeah, it was very extreme. I right. think first when he did the killings, that was very gruesome mm. and kind of scary. But then later when he had the face paint, he just looks kind of like exactly like a comic book figure. Right, 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 right. And I think that. He's he's more than anything. He's just kind of acting out for for attention in the most dark kind of graphic way possible. You know, I think his his dad is probably one of these absentee fathers, much like Jimmy was. Mm-hmm. That sort of doesn't really have the time of day for him. And so I think he figures by by doing these awful things and by killing these people, that's kind of one of the only ways that, in a weird twisted way, that his dad and him can bond. Sort of a cry for help. Right. I think. Right. Right. But a uh, terrible way. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so Jimmy and Duval, they go to this country club. They find this cart girl that's kind of, you know, she's, she's a little bit shady. Jimmy hate, or Duval rather hates that Jimmy is tagging along everywhere he goes. You know, he doesn't, as I think as good of a team as they make, Duval still hates the fact that he doesn't do anything, everything completely by the book. Yeah. I think he doesn't realize what a great asset he is either. Mm-hmm. Because he doesn't know the truth about him and his superhuman qualities and things like that. So I think that's another reason he's hesitant to bring him along. Right, 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 right. But another thing that we keep seeing pop up in the show is that Jimmy's methods, as shady as they might be and as illegal as they might be, they produce results. You know, he follows this cart girl to this weird shipping container where this huge rave is going on inside. Do you think he – planned the rave did you get that impression that um asher it was like asher's party or do you think it was just a random rave i think so i think that might have been yeah that might have been asher's party you know it just reminded me of like a really rich guy who just can throw parties all the time and have these elaborate costumes and things like that. exactly like yeah he literally has more money than he knows what to do with. yeah and so he's throwing these crazy raves with these crazy people in costumes with all sorts of designer drugs you know i love the line where jimmy says Back in my day, all you needed was some Mary Jane and some whiskey. Yeah. And, and we see Duval like, what the hell are you talking about? And he keeps. Wasn't that like five years ago? Right, exactly. Yeah. Jimmy keeps having to backpedal. You know, I served in the army in Saigon. Wait, no, not Saigon, in Fallujah. You know, like he keeps (laughs) saying these things. And not only that, but we keep seeing Gracie as almost like this kind of Greek chorus where she's, you know, in the first episode or in the second rather, she says, oh, he's got kind of a sheriff vibe. And I was like, oh, you look just like my grandpa. Oh, like when he would wake up and was hungover and everything. You know, I love that everything that Gracie says is kind of right on the nose. She's smart, I guess. She's catching on. She's very intuitive, very intuitive. (laughs) But I think that's another thing that kind of uh, comes into play now that. 
that Duvall knows Jimmy's secret and knows who he is. Is he going to let Gracie know? Is he going to let Helen know? You know, who who is he going to trust with the secret? What do yeah, you think? I don't know. I mean, I could see him telling Helen. Maybe he wouldn't tell Gracie just because it's so weird. Mm. And also, the more people he tells, the more trouble that they could get in because I think what they did was illegal. So it'll be interesting to see who he actually tells. Sure. Once again, another similarity to Batman. Batman doesn't want anyone knowing his secret identity because that's just going to put them in harm's way. True. Guys, Jimmy's just Batman. Looking Glass (laughs) is Wayne Tech. Frankenstein and Batman. Frankenstein and Batman. How much more badass can you get in one person? (laughs) I'm telling you, bring Lucifer on. We get all of them together. They can solve crimes, weird, (laughs) screwed up ways. It'll be fun. Instant ratings. Um, but we see, we see Jimmy partying with Asher and Asher kind of forces him to take these drugs in almost kind of like a training day sort of moment. Like, we are going to have a problem. I was surprised he actually took it. I Mm. don't know. I thought he would have spit it out or something. Well, he does at first. He kind of, he says, you know what? As once he realizes that it's not lethal, that he's not just trying to poison him, I think Jimmy's all right with getting a little bit. I guess. (laughs) (laughs) You know, getting a little bit twizzy, uh, rolling a little bit. Um, but at the end of this sort of this high that he's on where Jimmy's rolling at this party, Asher reveals that he knows that he's there for him. You know, he knows that that's the plan. It was interesting because in a lot of TV shows, you see the bad guy tell the good guy, I know that, you know, and it was basically (laughs) that moment. Right, 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 right. Asher's like, he's kind of like the Joker in, in this instance where he really, he desperately wants to be caught. Because if if he isn't caught, then what's the fun of it? You know, if nobody knows that he's doing these awful things, what's the point? Or maybe he doesn't want to be caught, but he wants more of a challenge. To, right, exactly. Because it's always been so easy for him to get away with all these crimes that he wants just a little bit more of a, a chase. Right, exactly. Uh, speaking of chase, uh, Jimmy steals this, this cart girl's wallet. And they find a, a, a receipt for, for a, a boarding kennel where she's putting up her dogs. Once again, pretty convenient, but you know, it's fine. Uh, and they figure, they figure that she's fleeing, that they're, that they're gonna hop on a plane and just jet, you know, because of all this heat. It's interesting because I wonder what she thought. Did she know that Asher committed the murders or mm. did she just think he was involved somehow? Because why would she be okay with that? I right. mean, is she that bad that she's cool with it? That I think so. A I little think, bit weird. I think she knew. I think she was okay with it, you know? Huh. Um, but, you know, people do weird things for love. You know, we see, <laughs> we see at this party, Asher treats her like hot garbage and she, yeah, that was terrible. I she mean, keeps he was sticking already around. disgusting in my mind because of what he did. But on top of that, <laughs> because of I the axe murders, you mean? Yeah. But then on top of that, when he was so degrading to a woman, I was like, oh no, this is terrible. <laughs> exactly. He basically offers Jimmy a turn with her. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's crazy how awful of a guy this guy is, but he's, you know, his, his performance, it it reminded me a lot of the Joker, where he was kind of captivating, and he was he had this weird twisted charisma too, that was also right. similar. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, he had this this weird charisma that kind of um, that you know that made him compelling to watch. But they know that they're they're fleeing, so they track him down to Duke's private jet, where we find out Duke's been stabbed. You know, Jimmy. I, I think I think Asher is is he's done with his help. You know, he doesn't want his dad's help anymore. He's outlived his usefulness. And so he just straight up stabs him. And I wonder where he was going to go because they were on the plane. He killed his dad. 
what was his next step. Right. Yeah. Well, they're in Seattle. Where do we think? Do they think? I imagine they might have been trying to go to Japan, something like that, because we find out that Duke put just enough fuel in the plane to get them an hour over the ocean, and then they were just going to crash. And I in. guess he was going to kill the girlfriend too. Right. 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 Which you know, he's okay with that. She's an, she's an accomplice. That's <laughs> fine. Um, but yeah, I think that that Duke didn't want. You know, even even in these kind of his his final moments and what he must have known as his final moments, he didn't want Asher going through that long, drawn out process of, you know, the trial and, and possibly sitting on death row and things like that. So I think he probably figured if we all go down in a blaze of glory, everything will be fine. No one will ever find out. The company will be better for it. You know, we won't get that bad publicity of my son being an axe murderer. But why wouldn't he just kill his son and get away with it and just stay alive? Uh, Why would he kill himself too? That becomes a lot trickier. Killing someone and then covering it up rather than everyone just going down in one plane crash, I think that that doesn't leave behind as um, as much of a, a trail of breadcrumbs. I you guess, know? yeah. I mean like can't really speculate on how these people are thinking because <laughs> these are obviously extreme circumstances. But, you know, we, we get that that conversation between Duke and – and Jimmy on the plane where Duke kind of repeatedly asks him if he's a father, if he has kids, you know, trying to find some common ground. That whole conversation was just really sad and disturbing to me. It's pretty depressing. Because you could tell how much he loved his son and he repeatedly tried to give him a second chance and kept trying to help him. Nah, I see what you did there. <laughs> kept trying to help him, but ultimately it was no use. Right, 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 right. And I think in a weird way, Jimmy did kind of learn from that conversation, you know, how to – how to really care for his for his son and to kind of do whatever he could to protect him, maybe not cover up murders, but you know go to these lengths um and then we get this awesome epic battle between super Jimmy and super Asher that can be Batman and Joker exactly exactly, yeah, you know they're both only just realizing the extent of their capabilities mm-hmm. you know and and Asher has the samurai sword that he's kind of whipping around you know cutting his leg cutting his arm with things like that but eventually it's and and just like last week and I feel like this is going to be a recurring theme that one thing that Jimmy told him to watch out for comes back around that right cross you know Duval comes in and he distracts him with the gun and he just decks him you know, because he, he offers Asher at the party. He says, you know, I can help you in the ring. I can help you kind of. I think I missed that part. Uh, you might have. Yeah. You might have. But he was, you know, he, he tells Asher, I can help you with that right cross, you know, in, in the ring. You can kind of mm-hmm. not get the hell beaten out of you by your dad all the time. Interesting. And, and Asher passes him up and we see what happens. It all comes full circle. Um, and the girl comes with her gun. She comes with her gun. She comes guns blazing literally and Jimmy jumps in the way and literally takes multiple bullets for Duval, you know, and, and Duval kind of uses that, that chance to, to handcuff her and put her in custody. And Jimmy, because he took these bullets for Duval, he demands to be taken not to the hospital, but to looking glass to Mary Goodwin. And, you know, that's when we see Duval is, he he wants the truth because he knows he's being lied to left, right, and center. He knows. And in the car when Jimmy starts saying all these things that um, – about he's sorry and things like that, if he hadn't told him the truth by the end of the episode, I think Duval would have caught on. Right. 
he, I don't think he would have understood completely. Yeah, we couldn't we couldn't have kept that up for many more episodes yeah. if he's sitting there saying, "Oh, I should have gone to your baseball games. I should have tra- treated your mom right." Yeah, it's you know, it's it's like in uh, in Reservoir Dogs that scene between Harvey Keitel and Tim Roth. There's this weird bonding over someone dying of gunshot wounds in the back seat, um, and it's it's it, what I thought was interesting is that how much of this was him literally dying of blood loss, and how much of it was his timer running out. Maybe more the timer because mm-hmm. when he gets back and he goes in the tank, he seems fine. Right. So, and do we think that that tank is almost kind of like this Weapon X sort of thing where it's it can literally just heal? These I guess injuries? so because I was wondering how it was going to heal these bullet holes. Right. Exactly. <laughs> well, let's add Wolverine to the list of characters that Jimmy Pritchard is like. Um, you know, but we he says for once in your life, listen to me to Duval, and it's it's this really kind of intimate moment of father-son bonding and on the way there i really didn't think that even even after all these hints that he drops in the back seat i really didn't think that they were going to go with this but yeah. he finally gets him to to the good ones he finally gets him in that tank and i love the the cinematography and the blocking of the scene because we see jimmy in the foreground or we see duval rather in the foreground just looking at jimmy in this tank and in the background we see otto and mary and otto is kind of pleading with mary in twin speak that he won't understand you know even even as threatened and as kind of overprotective as otto feels i think he does kind of feel for for duval that he's not going to understand that this is just going to cause more pain than it does catharsis i think so but then mary says look how lost he is right and i think she sees that at least telling him the truth will give him a little more peace right 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 and that's and when she started saying that i literally i was watching this in bed this morning and i literally just like bolted upright because i'm like no way not in episode three this cannot happen in already in episode yeah, three. Yeah, I'm surprised. I would right. have thought at least like episode five right, or yeah. something like and that. And so he – Duval is is kind of frantically asking, you know, who who is he? Why was he saying these things? Why does he think he's my father? And Mary says – Because he is. Because he is. Mm-hmm. What? I mean – I love it. I Definitely love it. Definitely caught I, me off guard. I loved that moment. And I really, I, this, this really pulled me in. This really got me. I'm so invested in, in the dynamic between Jimmy and Duval that I, I really want to see where it goes from here. And I think that that was a curveball that I wasn't expecting. I wonder if Duval is going to have some hesitation believing this. Right. Just because it is so weird. Sure. But then again, he's looking at him in a tank. And right. that's already a little bit weird. Right, and right, right. he's miraculously saved. Mm. So, well, it's funny that you ponder these things because it's time for predictions, y'all. Can we get the – can we get the – yes. And now you're after Buzz TV. Predictions. Ah, oh, so good. If we can get just like UFO lights and sounds on every single episode of every show ever. We just ever. need a little drone. Like- exactly. We need a little <laughs> like like, looking, look, glass. looking glass UAV drone. Yes. I love that thing. I love that when, when yeah, Duval is outside the gate, it's just kind of hovering there, just like staring at love him. Love it. Um, so, yeah, where do we think they go from here now that Duval knows? I wonder how he's going to react to this news. Mm. I don't know if he's going to believe it completely. Right. But I think there's enough evidence that he's going to just be in disbelief but eventually come around and believe it. Sure. What and yeah, think? I think they're they're in this this kind of reality that's supposed to be like ours. So you got to think if someone told you that they were brought back literally from the dead, how hard it would be to believe. 
So I think now, now that kind of the onus of the show is off of Duval finding out, now it's going to be Gracie finding out. Cause I think that she, as a child is going to have a, uh, I guess not a child, so to speak. I mean, she looks young, but I think she's she in looks, high school. She looks so young, but we saw that college tour in episode one. Yeah. So let's say like 17, let's say 17, even at 17, you're not equipped. I don't think even full grown adults are equipped to handle something like resurrection. You know, I feel like she would believe it more than others because she already sees the similarities between Jimmy and uh, her grandpa. Right. So maybe she wouldn't be that. Surprised. And she, she maybe isn't quite as, as sort of like scientific thinking. I mean, even though obviously it was science that brought him back, yeah. she might be a little bit more, yeah, inclined to believe than her dad Scientifically, is. Scientifically, when um, Duval does that DNA test, mm-hmm. there are some funky results there. Right. So they kind of have that on their side too. Sure. Yeah, he knows for sure that obviously he is some sort of familial match. So we'll see. We'll see if he goes with the flow in episode four. We'll see who else finds out. We'll see what other sort of super villains are going to come after Jimmy and Duvall, who are, once again, just like Batman and Robin, guys, just a crime-fighting duo, father-son. <laughs> One of them's a super buff $6 million man superhero cop. But you know what? It's fine. Something also I wonder is in Frankenstein, the original Frankenstein, mm-hmm. Frankenstein, mm-hmm. Frankenstein comes back and he eventually kills his creator. Right, right. So I wonder what's going to happen along those lines. Like, is he going to cause trouble? Do you or... think he's going to start maybe resenting the fact that Otto and Mary brought him back? I don't back? think he's going to kill them, but uh-huh. I think there's got to be some link between he might the original. beat the you-know-what out of Otto, maybe, if, if pushed enough. But guys – we're only on episode three of this friggin' show, and there's so much to unpack, and I love it, but we're going to be right back here next week for episode four. But on for now- Sunday at seven again. Sunday at seven. We're at our new brand time. new time. Now that Second Chance is on a new night, we're on a new night. So now we are on Sunday nights at 7 p.m. for the rest of season one. But for now, Jamie, where can they find you? Find me on Twitter and Instagram at JamieBanks underscore. I love to tweet, and I'll definitely tweet you back, so tweet me. And she reads every comment. I read so every guys, comment. Be Nice, be gentle. Say my hair looks great or something like that. <laughs> it looks, yeah. I'll it read looks, it. <laughs> you're fine. It looks awesome. Uh, as always, you can find me on Twitter, on Instagram, at Ty Matthews PMA, and you can find me on various other after shows uh, on Monday Night Raw and The Magicians on Mondays, Pitch Slapped on Tuesdays, and the brand new Lucha Underground after show on Thursdays. That's right, guys. We're talking Lucha Libre. Just as many superheroes as Second Chance. But... As I said, we'll be right back here. Same bat time, same bat channel. But until then, take a chance, guys. Peace. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz, Buzz you, you later. later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.